Not only is he a powerful practitioner, he's also economically smart. <laughs> a lady in like a silk kimono Ooh. Ooh. who like brings me there. Face, like a sheer face covering Ooh. of turquoise. Lays me on a bed. You are Swayze again, Loving that. <laughs> something every time i think about pre and post production i think have you seen tropic thunder recently or just not like, recently i need to rewatch. okay because um, it's a weird one that i probably watched too early but yeah it's incredible it was like the way. other guys for me so uh, i watched the other guys recently and i watch it pretty frequently you know at least you know once every six weeks kind of thing because because it's amazing i hated the movie at first I hated it the wow. first time through and i didn't know i would because you know Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, Michael Keaton, you know, Ray Stevenson, just monster cast, right? Ice Cube. Ice, um... Wait, no, no. Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, and the Dwayne Rock. Johnson, and yeah. then, um, um, what's-her-face as, uh, um, Will Ferrell's wife. Uh, why? Oh, my God, Eva Mendes. Eva Mendes, yep. So, anyways... When they're doing the telephone with the grandma, brilliance, true brilliance. I, I think about movies that I, that I hated, right, when I first saw them, and I needed a second How'd time. How did you hate it? What did you hate? I have no idea, but I didn't like it the first, and I saw it in theaters, and I was like, why didn't I like this movie more? Second time I watched it, absolutely loved it. But Tropic Thunder, getting to my point, is one of the reasons, one of the movies that I, I saw it with Matthew, my cousin Garrett, my dad, um, my cousin Josh. We, we saw it during, I'm pretty sure it was Katrina. Because it, it was out 2005, maybe? 2005. Um, it's in theaters in Jackson, Mississippi. That's where we're staying. In theaters? We, yeah, we need to go see We need to go see it. That theaters? It, th theaters? Theaters. In theaters? <laughs> yeah. All right, freaking Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> it's a movie that I I didn't know if I liked when I first saw it. Now, I can, I watch, same way. I I can watch Tropic Thunder a million times now, and it's hilarious. But the reason I say it is because I think about Tom Cruise Dude, playing, playing that Harvey Weinstein uh, sort of synonymous look-alike guy, right? Um, but I he, had no idea that was Tom Cruise. I know. I saw first, the first time the through, end, I had zero idea. I was Until they put it away. on the screen, then it's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Um, but there is a part where he is looking at the director and talking to him, and he's like, hey, who's lead grip? And I've, this little Spanish guy raised his hands like, hey, why don't you go over there? I want you to punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> and every time I think about pre and post production, I'm like, I wonder if the lead grip ever has to punch the fucking director in the nose. No. Which, you no. know, it's... Uh, Grips generally keep hands off of... Of the, directors? The above the line. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. So, you know, when I was texting you, you know, this week and I was like, hey... You know, there's a million things in the world that like I just think I'm like, hey, I need to tell Beef this immediately while it's on my mind. <laughs> That's one of them. I'm like, man, Tropic Thunder. Um, I also watched yesterday. Have you seen that? No, but I wanted to. Um, there is a small part in it that makes me think of all of our classical music talks. Um, Ed Sheeran, um, and the lead, well, the main character Jack have like a ten minute write off. Whoa. To, to create their own songs. And this guy is using all the Beatles catalog. But Jack, right? okay, right, yeah. So Ed Sheeran makes this cute little melody about how, like, 
love is forever and he's like a penguin i'd bring you a stone and all this stuff and jack plays the long and winding road and he's mm-hmm. like did you just write that and he's like there's no vote he's like he's like you're better than me he's like this is top stuff and he's like he basically hits him with you know you're mozart and i'm molinari and i was just like man that is a great like, if that was a line from like Ed Sheeran, I hope it was. But if it was a written line, that's awesome too. Because you written. think about you know, it was written. Oh, you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's um, some there's some solid improv lines in the world that have gone. But yeah, then Ed Sheeran, you know, I don't know if he's Ed Sheeran's not writing a line like that. I mean, you know, maybe. But hey, hey man, he's wrote, wrote written some good songs. Um, is it? It's not Molinari. He's not the guy's name. It's uh, it's, it's not Molinari. In Amadeus, it's like Salieri. Uh, is it Salieri? I think it might be. We don't have laptops on us right now, folks. So um, we're kind of just. Free it might be. It. it might be. It might be. It's like, is, that the, is that the dude? It's the main or the the perspective of the movie who it's from is like Vienna's beast uh, composer, but then Mozi kind of strolls in and only. only you know, I've only seen Amadeus how- once. I know it was a big thing. I know it was an Academy Award winner too. Right? It's a great movie. Is it? Yeah, I mean, Mozart, man, like what a fun um, subject matter. But yeah, we actually studied it in school. Uh, we read the screenplay. It's a really good screenplay. See, you know, I was like I said, I was thinking of all the, all these things. You know, you text me, I'm back August tenth yeah. from, from my vacation. I text I you August eleventh, and then Beef hits me with uh with the with the DLC extra content. If hey. I extended my trip to the 19th, and I'm thinking, you son of a bitch. I'm a jerk. How do you just do that to me? I'm going without you for now, which went, God, nearly a month. 22 you, days. God, of just straight beef versus wild. Just living in the woods, just in like sort of a cult with a lot of my oldest friends doing lots of drinking, lots of spike ball. Yeah, so look, tell me, tell me about it. Okay, I will. Um, you know, people... Well, I know that you go to this weird place in the woods. <laughs> Speaking of place in the woods, Cabin in the Woods. Hated it at first, loved it every single time subsequently. Hmm. You, Shut you, that baby up! Yeah. Shut that baby up! <laughs> Shut that baby up! <laughs> you, bring, you bring in somebody like Chris Hemsworth... And you kill him off twenty minutes in the movie, but you title him as your as your main mm. as your lead bill, you know. Yeah. And I, I'm like, all right, that's stupid. Then that's I watch the next baby. That's... Then I watch the next hour and twenty minutes of the movie, and I am just hilariously just enthralled with like their perception of horror. You know what I mean? Huh. Um, there's like the little uh, mermaid things. The guy's like, I've never seen a mermaid. I've always wanted to see a mermaid, and it's just he thinks it's gonna be this beautiful, you know sensual seductive just gorgeous soprano that you see in you know pirates you know Uh what i mean but instead it's like this ugly fish looking top half (laughs) of just like disgustingness and it winds up killing them but yeah just oh wow please continue of what you're uh you're saying i just have so many thoughts running through my mind right now and i want to get back to why you didn't like the other guys so put a little pencil in that but um, man, I had myself a time. I, we were a little worried kind of with COVID. I was maybe about to not even go up there, but I've been going for 20, I went the past 27 years of my life in a row, never missed a summer. And yeah, sorry, we're at, we're at Chris's studio and, uh, there's a baby just running around. And, uh, so if you hear that, 
And he's just saying dad, dad, watch your time because he knows I'm in here. Oh, because he's a little guy there. There you go. As if on cue. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go and like jack him in the ribs if, if he keeps that up. Absolutely. Uh, Uppercut him through a level like Mortal Kombat 2. Anyway. Uh, okay, so like I wasn't about to – this this place has been open for both world wars. Like I'm not about to let – So I'm it has about, tenure. It's got – last year was our 100th anniversary. Wow. Yeah. So it's like I'm not about to not go. And where is it again? Remind me. It's in a secret undisclosed location in upstate New York in the Palisades. Okay. okay. And it's just this kind of – it was started by this cult 100 years ago and then – since it's kind of eased off you don't have to like join the cult anymore to to go to this kind of to be a member in this club but it's like everybody knows everybody uh everyone's living in cabins there's like a private beach on this little lake oh it sounds delightful it was started by the masons so oh it was sweet like, so there's a lot of good stuff going so there's on amazing there. architecture like the these, i'm living in a cabin that was built in 1930 or whatever and there's all there's a stone pavilions and clubhouses and stuff is there running water and electricity oh yeah baby oh so yeah. we're so we're so, 20th century built but 21st century modern I'll, I'll give you glamping because i live okay. in a tent Technically, because I have a canvas and a tarp roof, but okay. I have a refrigerator and a stove and like running water. You got to use outhouses. You have a no, TV? Uh, no, no TV. Okay. So we'll, we'll do laptop stuff, but okay. Um, n- no, it's like internet barely works. No phone service whatsoever. Um, yeah, but I was going to like SMS head. messages with you when you know. Yeah, it, it's, it's never popping up blue. It's a great place to kind of unplug. Um, so dude, just had a. Freaking black. I feel so good. I wake up like in the green trees every day. It's like nice and warm, hot. Hit the beach, get the juice on the dock, you know, see which little kids are making out with which little kids. Um, oh man, so there's like, is this like all families? People, exactly. Know each other. Exactly. Everyone's so like, you all know, up like. Each other's shit. Everyone knows all the like dark. Oh, I love demons that. And little- it reminds me that you are Swayze again. Loving my that. You're Swayze and Dirty Dancing, going back. Okay. Just getting with Baby and putting her in the corner. So, well, nobody puts Baby in the corner. But I, I always say when I try to explain it to people, it's like Dirty Dancing. But with not not as bougie, not as much money, and way more dancing. Oh my! Kind of a fun tagline, huh? Oh god, that's yeah. delicious. So and yeah, and people were kind of. It was all young people, really, because people who are super COVID paranoid are kind of just reclusive, right? So it's kind of just all the peeps I wanted to see, um, drinking lots of white claws. Um, we did a, our little mushroom grocery nearby. Yeah, like. A while away, like we hit Trader Joe's. Stop! I spent three hundred nine dollars at Trader Joe's. Oh my god! Yeah, that's an all time record. That, at TJ's, that that might be a world record. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> like I'm not sure if you're able to spend three hundred nine dollars for a family of eleven. Yeah, it was it was aggressive, and that was when I thought I was only gonna be there for two weeks. Was there for I did like I said the expansion pack, added an extra six. Um, but I want to talk to you about the little psilocybin retreat. We, um, gosh, all kinds of fun stuff happened. I got a cool new watch tan, which I'm really excited about. Um, uh, just hanging with a bunch of my oldest friends. Unplugging. Oh, careful. Uh, kind of getting out of this whole fear-driven mass media kind of pandemic mindset and just escaping to the woods, uh, into my happy place. 
Uh, it was just... It was sounds crazy. delightful. It was. It sounds like a good time. You know, um, going on a vacation like that, you know, my past few vacations have been go, 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 see as much as you can see and just pack it all in. And you went to Seattle, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Morgan and I put about 900 miles on the car. I'll get to that in a minute because we're sticking on the dirty dancing camp. Fair. Um, but, you know, being in a place, God, for 22 days, you said? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 22 days and just being able to have a nice place that you're familiar with, you're comfortable with, and just being able to be still lost in nature but having that sort of familiar interaction with people you love oh man you cannot beat that with a stick my friend no indeed i'm a lucky boy so um these are all your homies from growing up um people you've matured with obviously oh girls you've matured with (laughs) gotten you know lost in the tumbling of the cotton sheets from the 1930s But it's just... I did become a man at camp. Did you? And I know everyone always says, oh, it's summer camp. Like, yeah. Oh, like, I, like, hooked up with a super hot chick, but it was away at summer camp. Like, you guys wouldn't know. That's, like, the cliche, like... Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, you know, she she goes to a different school, bro. You don't know her. (laughs) Kevin Malone. Um, But, you know, so you became a man at camp. Yeah, we don't have to get into that per se but it's a place of great nostalgia and charm and magic and I would like go to the beach stay till sunset I mean the dining hall is normally like there's a little there's a little economy there like you gotta spend a certain amount of money at the dining hall where all the kids work and stuff so like if you're a resident member you gotta spend like 500 bucks on meals so like the really? little 14 year olds are like the like assistant the chefs force. and the waiters and the you know kitchen folk and um and everything's kind of run by committee by the adults. Is that like such. a five hundred dollars like the entirety of your stay or is that like five? So there's like a hot there's high season is like opening day is kind of like late June and then it closes it kind of people start kind of going back home mid August so it's like a cool month and a half. So how long are people staying? Dude, last year I stayed for like. A million months. I stayed until the leaves started changing. Oh, man. Because uh, I was editing my pilot and stuff. Um, so you could stay... Like, they, they turn the water on in March, and they turn it off in, like, mid-October. So, like, this is, this is a place where literally everybody knows your name. <laughs> um, and you're able to just sort of, like, embed yourself in, an, in a small communal living economy. With, like, such vertically integrated... Like... I'll be like strolling down this stone path. No, but it's higher beef. Sit, yeah, and everyone's like, "Hey, beef!" It's like this eighty-five-year-old woman whose grandson is my best bud, and then I run by like adorable little twin girls, like, "Hey, oh, Coach Beef!" Like, <laughs> like I was youth activities coordinator one oh, year. Sweet, call me Coach Beef. Yeah. That oh, cool. that sounds cool. Yeah, that's cool. See, and it just has to be. It has to be fantastic to not only grow in this little economy, but to watch other people grow. You get to learn about, you know, all these people's lives and, you know, people that you don't get to see. And it's just, like I said, you embed in this economy that, like, you have this little community of people that always just come back to the same spot. You mm-hmm. can, There's a big blue world out there. And you just come back to this nice little comfy place where it's, you, like you said... People are pitching in and doing stuff. Beef's activity coordinating. 14-year-olds are cooking and cleaning and, you know, churning out sloppy joes one by one. 
and you know you got your boys you know a little tri- a little trippy sticks best. oh yeah couple dude. of couple of mind enhancers just hanging out probably like when i think of beef like tripping balls in <laughs> new york i think of you like pretty much Nick Carraway looking out on a dock and just seeing the glowing light just on and off in the distance. And you're just surrounded by beauty, tranquility. But, you know, in your head, you're thinking a thousand thoughts a minute, man. So right. Yeah. You know, it's just the modern day philosopher in you just mm. doesn't shut off. Oh, no, indeed. You know? Not when eternity's knocking at the door. Oh, God. I can only imagine. We have, like, the cutest little kind of, um, uh, what do you call it? Ra- ra- Rapport? Yes, but that's not the word I was thinking of. What's it called? When Raz- it's like the thing you do, it's like your thing. It's like your customary mode of procedure. You, um, God bless Is it me. not rapport? It, no, it's not rapport. Although we have stellar rapport. It's like me and my two buddies... That I've, been, that I've known since I was zero. Um, we have the the cutest little. Th- I don't know. Sorry, I can't think of words right now. But um, we we like go to my cabin and then we like prepare the the treats. You know, and we like each pack our little like baggies. Little delightful treats. Yeah, and like stuff that's gonna just be clutch later is so. Oh, fun. sweet! So like, little survival the, kits. Yeah, little little like I kind of was in charge of, like the the bigger ice pack and I was like throwing in like treatsies like corona light beers was was an incredible thing to just <laughs> that was super clutch and like blueberries fruit is always the coolest thing ever uh whenever I do trips it's generally like a very wildernessy that's kind of my favorite way to yeah, do like it. just surround yourself in organic stuff yeah, yeah yeah so we like we like wreck the the shrooms, which are just horrible to eat. By the way, uh, that's my least favorite part. Mm. Is like the actual dude. You should boil them and put them in tea. It's not as bad. Where you could put a little little cream or you know. You don't lose some of the. You know, probably have if, to drink if, a lot. If, if you if you were chugging a fuck ton of milk or something, it usually stops. Like they tell you, like you want that to like lessen your trip. I don't know the exact science behind it, but that's like always been like. The stoner way to stop tripping balls is milk out. Yeah, um, I have heard that, but that seems like an old wives. Oh, old wives' tale. Yeah, if that your might... consciousness is evaporating across the ionosphere, and you have yeah, a little yeah. bit of lactose, I don't know. <laughs> um, just hang on. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying. Just... You'll be fine in the very end. Yeah, but um, you but, know, you know, I've routine. Wait. It's routine, I think, is routine. Is the word I was... We have the cutest little routine. Yeah, routine, bro. Well, I don't... I thought we were looking for a freaking $2 word, not a word I use every single day of my life. I'm, I'm an idiot. My, I'm sorry. No, no, my bad. Never um, apologize to me ever again. But, uh, you know, I've done it the old-fashioned way, you know, eating it. Chocolates. Um, yep. Yeah, we had some cocoa-infused help. Yeah, and you know, that's always fun. Tell you what's not fun. Smoking fucking shrooms. Ugh. Just absolute not fun. What happens there? Oh, God, it was terrible. We had a long... It was funny because it was like... This was the pipe that we were going to bring on our journey with us spiritually. It was this long wizard's pipe that came... It looked like it was something that Aladdin or like... Gandalf. Yeah. I wish it was Gandalf, but it wasn't like a long straight one. It was like more like a like an Arabic one where it was like a long like serpentine tail. Oh, my. Can I, can I 
Can I stop you for a second and yeah. tell you that Gandalf has he fits his pipe into his staff. Did you know that? I had no idea. There there's like a little like if you zoom in on a couple of the frames, mm-hmm. it's like that's Gandalf's pipe. He's got like a little enclosure at the top of his staff for it. I'll send you some Instagram stuff. It's not so only, badass. Not only is he an a powerful, powerful practitioner, he's also economically smart. <laughs> <laughs> the dude is just super efficient with his pipe carrying. Yeah. I mean, if if Ian McKellen could get any better, right? I mean, Jesus Christ, he could, he could not. Um, but yeah, let's get back to it. So you're you. And it's the two. Oh wait, you were hold on. You were you were smoking a mushroom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Aladdin, which is which is the name of the pipe, is the why I use the name for it. Um, as like a like I said, it was more like Arabic looking. Had a large, large head on it. Just sort of slithered down, came up on a huge curve and a comeback. And it was like you were, uh, literally, I think of singing. Beforehand, I was like Arabian Nights, like Arabian Days. Exactly. So, um, you smoke these things, and which I never should have done. I've never even heard of this. Um, I don't know if it was effective or not. I was already tripping, so it Um, was like the edible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was getting, we were getting eighth chocolates like all the time for a long time. Um, and you know, that was our preferred method is like, Hey, take a chocolate. Let's hang out. Yeah. Let's hang out. See what, see what's popping. And you know, we had some to God. Oh God. Absolutely. Yeah. An eighth. That, that'll get the job done. It was super, super visual, super cerebral. Like you're getting the colors, you're getting the, the case of the smiles and the giggles, which is my favorite part to come up. Um, for sure. I don't mind a peak of the plateau, but like that come up is like so that's sort of like chill and like your your face is stuck in it. Oh man, it's it's delicious to feel like that. But smoking them just was nasty and gross and disgusting and like put everybody in like an off putting mood because you had this taste yeah. stuck and it's just like if you're gonna I don't smoke, know if you can activate the psilocybin. I don't know. Maybe I was just burning the shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think- um, but we had some dried caps and we were like, hey man, let's just grind these up and see what the fuck happens. And like, <laughs> it was not cool, man. It really <laughs> was not. Like, that's like our pipe that we were like, we we're going to smoke bowls out of because it was like the most fun one to do it. Uh-huh. And then we we're like all put off by it. We we're like, man, we got to get these shrooms. Out. We're going to get shroom taste in our mouth, blah, blah, blah. So it, it ruined it. It was a significant time to be able to do stuff like that. Uh, but. God, if the taste wasn't the most off-putting night, like, time of my trip that night. It was, you have to shake back from, like, a, a headspace like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it's so important, like, you're kind of, the vibe that you're in that when you start doing this. It's like a room. Too. Yeah. It's It's literally, we have always compared it to, like, a scene in a movie. You change the room. Not only do you change the, change the vibe, it's like that chapter's done. You go back there, it's like you don't need to be there. Like that's in the past. Like you move on to your next room mm-hmm. and it's like scene number two, action. Let's see what goes on right here. Mm-hmm. Because I know that it's like not only in my brain I'm feeling like that, but I know the vibe of the people who I'm tripping with. Like they're compartmentalizing it as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And you – 
I'm finding like you just can't really be contained. You can't really be constrained. Like you, that's why we love going into just the forest because it's like it's infinite. full of wonder and whimsy. Exactly, and yeah, I get kind of uncomfortable if it's like, oh, I'm I can't go around this arena because of these people. It's like so much better to just be totally free. I mean, some yeah. This is like the fourth time we've done this retreat. I'm trying to do this once a year, like. At least. What, mushrooms in the yeah, Palisades? Like, like, yeah, seriously. And this is like the fourth time we've done it. And, you know, sometimes we just get totally naked and run around and pretend to be different <laughs> animals and stuff, right? It's like, <laughs> just get super fucking primal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it just feels so good. Um, but I can see how that might get a little off-putting for your, your, your average Joe walking by. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of beef to take in. Oh, absolutely. And it's just, <laughs> I just think about, you know, all the all the crazy shit you see in the woods or like you think <laughs> you come up on in the woods, like in movies or whatnot. It's just like, hey, there's these witches who were out there having a seance naked around a fire and it's just beefing his boys, <laughs> tripping on, tripping on, screaming like orangutans. Oh, God. And they're just like, man, this feels super good. Yeah. Oh, man. We, so we started out like the first two times, definitely the first time was like just... I guess so new, novel, and and just blissful, joy, lighthearted, oh my god, look at this ulterior plane of consciousness and, and like how we view things normally is just such this narrow bandwidth and like look at all this splendor and stuff. And then as we kind of get going, what just I guess it just becomes more kind of philosophical and and not as light it's definitely not as like light and easy breezy beautiful cover girl anymore it's kind of great it's it's like you kind of go into the like big questions and and like you said everything's flying by like a mile a minute and whatnot but it's definitely not what it used to be did did you kind of notice across your trajectory of being a psychonaut that that was kind of the case for you? Yeah, because I was tripping balls a lot. Um, I was tripping a lot. So, like, I really always wanted to get, like, out of my headspace and into somewhere else. Hmm. That higher plane, like, I felt like once I exploded it. Ex- <laughs> exploded <laughs> it. <laughs> okay. Um, once I explored it, it was something that I needed to get back to as soon as possible. Now, you're not supposed to be tripping all the time. Um, no, you need that I serotonin. Like... You need that serotonin to come back to you. Yeah, um, you know it's it's sort of like you're feeling neutral the next day. Um, and I don't mean neutral as in like you have no emotions, but like you literally feel emotionally drained for a few hours because you oh, have yeah. had so much brain activity, so much emotional activity yeah, that yeah. it's it's hard to keep that level of like happiness going once you're back in the earthly realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So when I was doing it for a while, it was like, hey man, I've tripped, you know, Saturday, I've tripped on Wednesday and it's Saturday again. I'm like, do I want to wait a couple of days and do this on a Monday? Or like, do I want to just How give it a couple weeks? Oh, 16 to 18. And oh, that was man. like always. It was like always. Like that was like my preferred 
that was like my drug of choice. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I loved love some shroomies. I love taking acid for a while. I don't do this anymore though. Beef. I haven't tripped. I haven't tripped on shrooms since like eighth two, grade, two thousand, <laughs> yeah, two thousand and ten. Wow, old yeah, decade. Yeah. It's, oh, dude, it's been t- it's at least ten years. But like, I was going hard from like two thousand seven right. to two thousand and ten. You know what I mean? It was like the plug was there. It was a phone call away. A lot of times, sometimes I would go. Grab him in the morning time before school, trip at school. You would trip during a school day? GK, you know. Holy crazy, Moses. Um, I yeah. can't, you, you wouldn't do a full eighth, huh? Oh, yeah, all the time. But why, why not? Because that's that's like what I was used to at the time. You know what I mean? How so, was a school day like? Oh, it was great. Sometimes sometimes it got a little crazy and I'm like, I needed to take a few minutes off in the bathroom and just be like, all right, Chris, like... Dude, I would be horrified. Nah, man. It was fucking super cool because, like, I was really cool with a lot of people. There was people who, you know, I knew were already... Who would already known that I was tripping. You know what I mean? So you had a couple of, like, Gandalfs. Absolutely. Just leading me through the way. You know what I mean? We're in the mines of Moria and... The mines of Moria. And they're literally ready to freaking go up against the Balrog if needed. You know? Um, need that? Yeah, oh, absolutely. You need somebody like that, man. You need somebody in your group. Dude, if you could go into the to the wild, what I think of as the wild when I'm on shrooms is like the real world. Like if I had to navigate through being a human, <laughs> seriously, like yeah, around man. people that I know, and I had to like because the whole thing is you just kind of realize how bizarre societal behavior is, and kind of just you just it's just weird and. I just can't imagine going to school and like yeah. forget learning anything, like being able to focus or pay attention. I mean, when you're tripping, you're tripping for like four to six hours. Absolutely, like, sure. And you're you're peaking very good, like I'm, three. I'm peaking like right around lunchtime. <laughs> so you know, you take them. You know, you walk into school about seven fifteen. You take them about seven forty five, eight o'clock. Um, Eleven o'clock comes around. You go to lunch, and you're like. Holy How did you get through shit. math class? Oh, bro, it was it was great. I am such like a an easygoing drug user, or at least I was. And right now, I'd probably just be, I'd probably just nonstop laughing until I fucking bust an appendix or something. <laughs> we gotta um, do them. We gotta do them. Um, but you know, at that point in time, I was. I was a seasoned drug taker. You know what I mean? I don't mean that like... 17 years old? Like I don't mean that in like a, an awesome like look at me fashion. But like that was like my prime time. And my 15, 16, 17, 18. Boom, That's there so it is. That's so young, man. And after, like, once I got, like my freshman year of college, like after my first semester at Southeastern, it was like over with. Like I wasn't doing drugs at all anymore. Like nothing. I, you know, I'd get high and stuff like that. I'd smoke, but like... Other than that, like people are like doing shrooms, like nah, I'm done with that. Like people, you know, hey, bro, got some good acid. No, I'm good with that. Acid's a whole thing. School again. I I can't, I can't imagine tripping at the entire school. like. I mean, you don't go to Jesuit and like, like when you go to class, you have to like do work and like focus and pay <laughs> attention and stuff. There's just no way. Um, month of October, two thousand and eight. Like six or eight times at school, tripping balls. And teachers Bro, don't. When I'm I telling you're you, already weird enough to where teachers are like, oh, Chris is just being a goofball. Yeah, just being goofball. And like, I, I, 
I'm lucky. I have never had a psychonautic experience that has gone bad. Oh, really? I've had one that has gotten me in, me and my buddies in some hot water. Um, basically, like these these dudes try to jump us. Um, from a buddy of his, a buddy of mine who was uh, dating this chick, and um, these dudes did not like that he was with her, and they tried to punch my buddy through a car window while we were tripping. And he was tripping oh, and man. led us down a chase down West Esplanade, probably doing like, God, I'm incredible. A thousand myself. miles an hour. <laughs> oh, at, le- at least 80 or 90. Like West Esplanade, running red lights. These Tripping? Were, dude, they were throwing. This is not good. They were throwing, like in real life, throwing shit at us, like hitting, like trying to jump out of the car when we'd stop at red lights and like hit us and like break the windows like these dudes were fucked up too like there was there was so much shit going on in public school at the time and these dudes were like dude it was fucking crazy you know my two buddies and i made it out okay no one was hurt no one was you know no crashes no nothing we went and hid like under general population we we at the snuggly dragon podcast do not condone operating motor vehicles absolutely not this was this was one of the very few times if not the only time that there was a motor vehicle operation at that time um whoa mainly uh it was one of the experiences to where we're like, hey, we're never getting in a car again, whether we're driving or not when we're on this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was it it's it's like one of those scared straight moments. Like we were tripping when it happened. I don't know what was going on at the very end of that, but I know that like my heart was beating so fast and my blood pressure was so fucking high that I guarantee you like whatever peak I was on immediately came tumbling down. How did it end? Like they were just like oh. um they stopped following us when we hit the Kenner line. You don't want to be riding around throwing shit at people in Kenner. Uh, you don't want to be Kenner, really? cop, it was Kenner a clean, cops, man. It was a clean break at the um, <laughs> the parish line. I know, like, I know what you're thinking of. You're thinking of the cop following them, going into Old Town <laughs> and Sin City. Um, I'd like to think it was like that. And I'd like to think that. Maybe narratively it's a little easier to remember it like that. Yeah. I'd like to think that I'm, you know the guy who's going to save the day but we honestly ran into the house hid under blankets for like 30 minutes while we were like literally in the dark chit-chatting just hey man are you ever going to come out of this like they could be outside the door i'm talking about like crazily checking windows whenever we found the courage to get out of under the Blankies. blanket domes yeah you know that's just that's just one of the crazy times man we really weren't that I wasn't out there trying to go fight people when I'm tripping on trooms. You know what I mean? Neither were no my two way. buddies. We were literally trying to get to this little shindig that was happening at the levee, talk to some people, maybe hang out. While tripping balls. While tripping balls, yeah. It's such an interesting way to go about it. Like, I, I, but like my it, impulse is not to interact with sober people. Sure, sure, sure. That. And some people, I don't know how that vibe would have went. That vibe could have went real south if we got out of the car and went up to that, that levee. Probably just what I got the shit kicked out of us, and that would have just been <laughs> terrible. Um, but you know, I'm I'm so far past that stage that I can look back on it and laugh. But when it yeah. was happening, I was like, it was entrenched in the game, man. It it sucked, and like I was like, how am I ever going to come back from this? Like this is my this is like my drug of choice right now. You know what I mean? Like I like tripping and seeing what my consciousness can get fucking up to, and now it's just 
completely spoiled by the fact that I just got in a high speed <laughs> chase that was serious and it it was super weighty whack man but yikes you know, yeah bad vibes you were kind of avoid 2008 those. was rough <laughs> god that sucked Jeez, that was super not fun super not fun but something else I really like like you talked about the come up the come down Especially if you're if you're really peeking and you're really into it and like you cannot use the English language to communicate anymore. It's like you you just you are on firing on such a different level that you are just out of your box, and and it's like you can communicate through vibes and there's always giggles and laughter. But when you're really super peaking, giggles and super laughter, like oh man, it's it's so interesting because. When you laugh at something, I feel like, and I don't have this thought fully fleshed out yet, but I think that's just one of the most beautiful moments of connection and communication because something happens, you both laugh, or what was killing me is when my buddies would just do anything idiosyncratic, like whenever Ragai would kind of like, you know, do his breath kind of thing or whatever, I would just laugh. Like whenever people were just being themselves, that just warmed my heart so much and I would laugh. But so like... I wonder what's going on extrinsically if you kind of look at that from an alien's perspective. It's like you're connecting on some sort of plane. Yeah, absolutely. In that moment, but then after it, you're you're kind of probably even laughing at different things. You're, you're super synced up on body language. Like I uh-huh. I know that for sure. Like there is some sort of telecommunication going on. Oh yeah. That oh, you yeah. have zero idea how it got there, but it's there. Yeah. Well, like I said, whether it's body language, whether it's facial features, and like you know, just picking up the Dude, little I idiosyncrasies, think you're connecting on a plane, a higher absolutely, plane and that doesn't necessarily translate and make sense. When in you're this peaking, like, I feel like I have like chattering teeth, where like the vibrations, I don't want to talk, so like I just like try and like mime my way into yeah. You know, um, one of the times I will tell you this, I did not want to have communication with any human. Um, so there was an ET, like two foot tall stuffy that like I just literally walked around with the whole time. What? Because I felt like I had like more of a connection with the alien than I did my own friends. <laughs> and he was wearing like a little like a like a little Grace King like baseball shirt. <laughs> and he literally slept with me that night. I woke up with him. He was like my friend for like Four to six hours, and I'm telling you, I have like never had a friend like that. <laughs> like, it was never connected uh, with somebody. I've never with a being, and you know, ET is not even my favorite alien, but like he was literally there for me when like I felt no one else could be. Who's your favorite alien? Oh, that's a... the one from Xenon the sequel. No, the I don't multi-chromatic, like multi-chromatic uh, giant spaceship that communicates through um, seismic waves. Favorite alien. Wow. I only ask because you you so so quickly you said that he's my favorite he's alien. Not, he's not you know, I have favorite. a lot of aliens that I really like. I like the Xenomorph from Aliens, Ridley Scott. Um, but she's a big bitch. She's a bit of a jerk. Um, I really like Superman. You can call him an alien. Ooh. Uh, Martian Manhunter you once like, again. You like Mexicans too, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> a little wordplay word there. Um Anyway, but you know, E.T. wasn't like, it's not like my movie that I ran to. Once again, Steven Spielberg, we talk about him on this podcast all the time. Modern day Hitchcock. Fucking just. Steven, if you're listening, 
keep doing what you're doing, bud. You're great. Absolutely. Catch me if you can, Jaws. (laughs) Come on. Dude, this guy. Dude only throws out bangers. uh, It's it's insane. It's the Midas touch. Um, Indeed. But E.T. was my homeboy for like a solid night. And I know my homies will never forget it because they still bring it up randomly in conversation. Um, And it is just so funny that they remember that because I have such fond memories of like just hanging out with E.T. in the FEMA trailer, (laughs) getting a little crazy, talking to him and just being like, hey, man, thanks for being there for me. He probably didn't have any Reese PCs for me. Reese's Pieces if for your whatever for you jerks who call it pieces. Grow up. Um, but dude, some great vibes, man. I've had some great vibes on stuff like that. You know, being able to project your consciousness outside of the normal train of thought is something that I feel like everybody should do at least once. Some people don't need to because like they're already fucking out there as to begin with. Like they're operating on a different plane, but like Yeah, but dude and this is a, an interesting point because people who like take psychedelics for the first time are like, everyone should do this. And it's like, I kind of like still buy that because people are like, oh, like, no, it needs to be under these circumstances and blah, blah, blah. And of course, there are smarter ways to do it. Sure. But just to realize that what you think you got going on is just one little sliver oh, of a shiver. It's amazing. Of a splinter like, of what could be. I think of like I think of like me when I take them on top of a mountain uh, on top of a mountain I'm like looking down on everybody because like that's where my conscious it's just so high above me and I'm thinking on such a larger plane that I've never ever ever go back to my own body and think the same way again right life is never the same afterwards absolutely not and that's that's something that I will argue with until the day I die is you do it once you're never the same afterwards and your mind's never the same because you realize that there's something out there in the best way oh in the best way yeah because you realize that there is so much more that the of the brain that we can unlock and that maybe just maybe you found a little key to that mm-hmm. you know what I mean and whether that's you know Big Big Daddy Joe talking about his you know his use of the you know the God molecule DMT, or you know me on, on my frequency of acid trips or my shroom trips. It's just you know that there's something else out there, and I'm not talking about aliens or the ever expanding fucking universe. I'm talking about there's something else in your brain that like that little extra piece of you that you find that you're like hey. You're, you're unique to this experience, and I'm glad I found you. Whether it's a great trip or a bad trip, you realize that there's something something else that you cannot explain accurately in words in a conversation until you've experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I, I, why do you think they're illegal? They, they seem so positive you know, Um, me. I was – when I was in Washington – so we'll get to me on my vacation here soon because we've – Talked about Max running naked in the woods, which is delightful to think about. I'm, I'm it's a good image. Um, but when I was in Washington, I'm pretty sure Morgan and I had the news on one night. And they were talking about, um, I think they were legalizing um, mushrooms for like end of life therapy in Washington. Whoa. Um, just for doctors to prescribe for people to be comfortable with 
the end. Yeah. Um, Death comes and up. I, and I know Denver, Denver has legalized the use of psychedelics. Yeah, it's like mushrooms. On a city basis? City basis. Which is so strange. Which is crazy because, you know, Colorado is pretty um, pretty progressive in natures like that, like personal freedoms. Um, but, like, to think about it, not even on a state level it's legal, but on a, on, on a city level. That was our... That's that's wild. But, I mean, the kind of cynic in me wants to say those in power, it's a lot harder to convince people to go fight this war and kind of organize and do my bidding if they're kind of knocking on the sky and realizing that, you know, everything is love. And, I mean, you know, all your hippie stuff, it's like... Well, shit, dude, think, think think about Vietnam, man. You know, these... All these freaking eighteen to twenty year olds are just being introduced to opium and heroin and hashish acid, yeah. and acid, and they're going off and fighting a war, you know, thousands of miles away, and it's like literally readily available wherever you're going. And these guys are like, "Hey, man, like we're literally in this because we were either duped into being this or like." We were told that this was going to be a you know six month it's the thing, right patriotic thing to do. It's yeah, like, what? I think about like the only people who wanted to be there were like hardcore killers. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think like the the comedian and, and the Watchmen. You know, have you seen the Watchmen? Uh uh-uh. uh Um, or I think about it like Apocalypse Now, like Colonel Kurtz. I haven't seen Apocalypse. Kubrick is on my shit list. Uh, I keep watching. That's Kubrick's. not Kubrick. Apocalypse Now is fucking. We've had this conversation already. It's uh, the Godfather guy. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, what's What's her name? Francis Ford Coppola. Oh, oh, it's a guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a jerk. Little Frank. Little Frank Ford. Godfather um, was was okay. Yeah. Godfather Two was lame. Okay. This is all right. Well, we are signing off today <laughs> from Southern <laughs> Um, oh my god, so yeah. slow so and in Coppola, a different language. Anyway. Coppola went broke doing Apocalypse Now because Marlon Brando was like 50 pounds overweight and like a super fucking alcoholic. That's why they, they had like no body shots of him and it's only his face and it's like all dark all the time. But like, the Do only I need people, to watch Apocalypse Now? Oh man, it's, to, yes, to it's wonderful. Robert Duvall, Lawrence Fishburne. Um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, okay. uh, Martin Sheen. Um, dude, insane! What a great, what a great fucking movie! Yeah, Robert Duvall gets a uh, an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. He has the the um, uh, what is the Flight of the Valkyries? Dude, and he's like super like into like this guy who's a famous surfboarder, and like the only thing he wants to do is like invade this Vietnamese river. So he can go. Surfing. So he can go surfing with this dude. Um, it is anyway. I'm sold. I'm sold on Apocalypse now, and I will move it up towards the top of my list. But yeah, I feel like the only people who wanted to be like in Vietnam were like those guys. So why are psychedelics illegal? Do you agree why are psychedelics with my illegal? Prior point that it's just let me just let me just hit you with taxation. You're never taxation is not going to happen. But you can make them legal, and then absolutely just like with but, weed, like you can save economies. Like, but here, let me be. Let me be the cynical. Do it, baby. We need that cynical political guy for two seconds. CIA, the government's been funding drug wars for a hundred years now. You know what I mean? Ever since, God, 
ever since they fucking federally banned marijuana. Rand- William Randolph Hearst. Douche. Kind of a jerk. Fucking douche. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> you see them literally in multiple facets of any media, whether that's movies, shows. There's a CIA guy somewhere embedded with um, the Sandinistas or... Um, Those are people from Sandestin? What is that? <laughs> I wish it was the same. I wish they were from Sandestin. Um, or like the Republic... I really don't know what a Sandinista is. What, what is that? It's like a coffee person? Uh, a group of guerrilla fighters um, Central America. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, like Oliver North, like uh, Iran-Contra scandal, 1980... Like, you found out that, like, in Guata- it was Guatemala. I'm pretty sure it's Guatemala. You're, like, they were funding both sides of the war and, like, um, money and drugs were paying for all of that. Like, mm. the U.S. was directly funding domestic terrorism in those countries and bringing drugs in the United States. Like, Rick Ross, like, the real Rick Ross... Like the crack king Rick Ross says that he, he like his two major connects were a fucking Colombian guy and a CIA agent who was Jeez bringing Louise. bringing crack you know co- well free base cocaine into Los Angeles to be able to be sold in a marginalized community of black people you know what I mean so I mean I I I think the government makes too much money. Off of off of it being, being illegal. illegal. I mean, dude, the, the United the, the U.S. drug war has been a, a failed, failed operation. It's bad. The creation of the DEA is absolutely insane because what what sort of progress other than hey, we make drug busts have we made? There's always going to be a cartel popping up to supply. There's always going to be bad men to go after. There's always going to be a Pablo Escobar because his name turned into freaking Joaquin Guzman after his, after he died. You know, so. If it's not Pablo, it's going to be El Chapo. If it's not El Chapo, it's El Mayo. If it's not them, it's any other guy. You know, it's it's freaking General well, that's Noriega. A weird argument to say don't combat the forces of evil because there will always be evil. Well, no, I mean it's just always it's like you freaking step on a roach, but then the next day you you see another fucking roach. You know what I mean? Uh, I just think that hmm. if we had. That's why I'm voting Libertarian, man. I, you know, I don't like to talk politics. No, too I much. do want to talk politics because I kind of want to just. I'm just, just what the heck's going on. I just in the believe world in right personal now? I just believe in personal freedoms, man. Like if you want to do that stuff, do it. If people kill themselves off because they are hardcore addicts, then fine. You know, do that. But But like with but, mushrooms, but you if, can get no, no, no. I'm just saying with with any drugs in general, like what Portugal did. Portugal legalized everything. Portugal, everything is legal. Hmm. Um there was a small pop in deaths in the very first year, and then it evened out because they started giving places Clean places to shoot up, um, clean places to rehab, um, actual the ability to go out and use the tax dollars off of the drugs that they were selling legally to fund mental health research. You know, Mm -hmm. so while I think that the United States has a long way to go to legalize everything and that's not going to happen. I know that like imagine just like like the layer cake intro of like cocaine by the eight balls on the fucking wall for you to go pick up and just be like, oh, I want to do some fucking Peruvian blow right now. What would happen? Maybe a little China white heroin. Oh, no, I want to do this Mexican black tar instead. (laughs) You know? I just believe that that should be able to happen. Um, Because 
I mean, you talk about free will all the time. Like you're given a choice, like you're a human being. Like if you want to do it, you're going to find a way to do it. Why wouldn't it be one safe, be two tested? I don't believe in classical free will, by the way. That's okay. And that's okay. Okay, I thought you were putting words in my mouth. No, 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 no. I'm saying I just believe in like the free will of a human to be able to do it, like personal freedoms. Like if you if you want okay, to go well, that's something different. If you want to go do that, like you go do it. You have the right to choose and it should be there for you. For the, for them to stick a Bud Light or a Miller Light or a White Claw ad in every single thing that I fucking do all the time. Caffeine too. Same with caffeine. Oh, ca- oh dude, absolutely. I mean, Coca-Cola is a it's a drug pushing giant. Caffeine is like Starbucks drug pushing giant, but like it's but like they're gonna tell me that that's okay, and all these. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big guy, you know what I'm saying? All these hefty, disgusting, saturated carbs that I eat, you know, that's an that's an addiction in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but you're gonna tell me that you know smoking a little tree is 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 bad for me? Yeah. Because it's you have these, like the momentum of the past is be, keeping that. because you had this antiquated laws. Have by people who are entrenched in government, people who have never known term limits because their constituents continuously vote these people in six, eight years at a time until it's fucking God, they're in there for 40 years. Trump's big anti marijuana, right? Yeah, uh, I just, I just think it, it should just be federally legal, man. There's way <laughs> so when you go to Colorado. Every single piece of like their um, highway is like sponsored by like a cannabis company, right? <laughs> and it's and all those all those are because they sponsor it. They put tax dollars back into it, and they want to be able to have. That's I don't want to call it. That's the upside is you get tax money. Oh, really dude, there's there's a uh, jobs there. Oh, dude, job, and in, in a fucking time like right now. Wouldn't a job be nice? Wouldn't a job be nice? Um, But I'm just saying, if it's tested and it's, you know, it's pesticide free and you're not ingesting things that, you know, you don't have this shitty, shady dealer that you hit up all the time, you know, that awkward drug. But look, that's that's neither here nor there. You know, there's always going to be a black market for things. But I just believe that, you know, federal legalization, we could start with marijuana. We don't need to be Portugal yet. We don't need to have stuff like that but we do need to be able to talk about you know there is an opioid ec- epidemic in this country there is a you know there is a crisis there was a pres- prescription pill pr- crisis for a long time um to be able to one attack mental health for people be able to you know reach out and have more people on the ground being able to help people with any sort of mental health you know louisiana is one of the highest uh states per capita in someone with a mental health disease hmm. um you know, and that's why I love the VA so much because, you know, as much as as much as they're trying, they're trying to help, you know, all these vets who are just, you know, PTSD and, you know, injured or anything like that, who literally just get thrown into the system. It's like, hey, here's a bunch of pills. Keep taking them. Keep taking them. So you can't pay for them anymore. Oh, you know what? You know what's you know what's even less expensive? This heroin that you can get for five dollars a bag right now. And it's more potent. But hey, man, now now it's laced with fentanyl or maybe now it's laced with car fentanyl. So you're fucking dying. Even though it's cheaper because you can't go back to the hospital because your insurance won't approve it, or your VA doesn't, or your VA doesn't approve it, or you know all this shit. So it's just a a, dude. It's a fucking nightmare. And like I know that I'm rambling on about this because I have a thousand thoughts in it, 
only one mouth, and it's hard to get. <laughs> and it's hard to get we all. Need to get th- you another mouth. I know, man. There's anyone who should have two mouths. <laughs> I know. It's Chris Emerson. Um, but it's just hard to get all these thoughts out of my head because I am like a staunch advocate for mental health care. Um, getting people who, like I said, man, like I, if you're an addict, like I, once again, in Seattle, it was. Morgan and I are walking to the Space Needle at five in the morning to go watch the sunrise. Um, and like on the way there, it's like, did y'all have baby? No, no, Just no, Ev. Yeah, so straight low. mom oh, and that's dad. That's so important. And I absolutely, uh, we yeah. can we can always touch on that too. Um, but walking to the Space Needle, man, there's like, you know, there's a large contingency of homeless people on the West Coast, specifically, you know, Portland, Los Angeles. Um, Seattle, whatnot, and what have you. Um, but I'm like walking in sandals, like over there, because it's like a you know a ten minute walk from our hotel, which is right next to the f- super cool Amazon campus um, in the Overlord Jeff Bezos. <laughs> uh, but I like almost step on like multiple heroin needles that are just like chilling on the sidewalk where like I got to press the button to walk across the street. Oh my. And it's just like, Hey man, like if there was like a, a place to go do this, like it, you don't want to put that right there. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about like open bangers, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like needles that are just like, Hey, I'm going to put the cap on. We're going to fucking shoot up, you know, discard them right there on the street. So like it sounds safe. Nah, man. And like like I Have said, Have you ever tried heroin? No, no, no. That's not my not I my gig. I want to try like a little. Bit. I hear the euphoria is insane, and the absolute empathy you have for Dude, everyone. I wonder if if there's like a like a disciplined, if like a, a pretty strong willed guy who's not going to spiral out into friggin' homeless, destitute chaos. It's like if if I'm like eighty years old and I haven't done heroin yet, I'm gonna I'm gonna like drink a little heroin, you know? Yeah, I mean, dude, you can you know snort it or whatever. And or do what you like, do. I mean, vascularly drink, but but I don't know, man. I guess I, just in the spirit of of being a psychonaut and in just one new experience. Yeah, it's like what if I just did a couple dribblies? I always wanted to be in a Chinese opium den. Oh wow, I've definitely drank opium tea. I'm it was always, like pretty chill. It was like whatever. I've always wanted to be like a smoking a a long, like a long chillum almost. Uh, you know what I mean? With like a super extravagant oh, abs- goatee. Yeah. <laughs> like a guy who knows like crab style fighting. You know what I mean? Just like a a master like that. Like a a lady in like a silk kimono ooh, ooh. who like brings me there face like a sheer face covering of ooh. turquoise lays me on a bed and she's like oh. here's she lights it for me i'm like velvet cushion have you ever seen from hell like with johnny depp no oh man he's uh trying to catch a uh jack the ripper in victorian london but like he's like a, he's like an opium addict and he's like always in like these chinese opium dens and like Ooh. that's i was just, i'm thinking i'm like man if it's cool enough for johnny man it's cool enough for me just golden beady long earrings absolutely and like exposed midriffs oh dude and she's like the madam of the house is like super like middle-aged like she knows super middle-aged <laughs> she like she's like seen and seen everything so like she doesn't judge but like she has like these knowing eyes of like, Ooh. I know why you here. You know what I mean? 
Wow. Oh, I want that. I need that. <laughs> I need I what need do you doing that. later? Like, let's go. It looks so much nicer than being in a, a fucking tent and just oh, sitting under the interstate and banging up, you know, a clean like a, not even no. a clean needle. You know what I mean? Like the high class version. Yeah, yeah, not the Jared Leto and Train what you, spotting? No, not train spotting. That's oh. uh uh What's his face? Dallas Buyers Club. That's no hold on to Requiem for a Dream. That it's like Boston wanted to know his abscess because he needs to get high. Have you ever never seen Requiem? Do I look like? Do you know me at all? Do you think I would watch the movie Requiem for a Dream? Hell to the no! Looks horrifying, depressing. It is horrible. horrifying and depressing, but it has that. It, Aronofsky was like great for that. Black Swan. Not do he's the ha 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 uh, uh, uh. I'm out. Dude, that goddamn uh, Russians, dude. That was that was delightful. But like I said, like uh, I'd rather do the the high class stuff rather than just like do that nasty shit that's going on, man. And like I said, I feel so bad for some of those people who are like in that ever never ending loop, you know. And it's we can get to the semantics of like they did it to themselves, blah blah. But like I said, if there were there was federally legalized marijuana you'd have more tax dollars to be able to do more public works for people you know for for louisiana just for instance getting your roads fixed having more construction um i mean too when i was in when i was in washington man all around seattle there's like they are just building and improving and improving oh it is bustling i mean it's obviously super huge right now and like i don't mean to like blow seattle because there's a lot of things that i find wrong with it you know but like damn like morgan and i kept saying you know i'd love to be a construction worker in seattle you get 75 all summer and sunny and then the rest of the freaking winter time it's you know you only get snow a couple of days and it's really overcast and tiny rains i mean dude the the rain there is so northern how do they not have harsh winters they have they have a hard they have harsh cold winters but it's not like the most miserable thing you've ever been a part of. With how much it rains, how does it not snow? Um, With how north they are. Because of where you are, like, on the water situated. Because hmm. um, you're coastal? Yeah, super coastal. So the ecosystem's kind of wackadoo? Yeah. Word. Do you feel similarly about, like, sex workers? Haven't we had this conversation before? Yeah, bro. Sex workers, do what you do, baby. Like... Do what you do. Legalize yeah. that shit everywhere. I guess, I guess the freaking lady... government just profits off of illegality. I mean, come I never on. really thought about that. Come on, bro. That's because if things are illegal, then you can like fuck shit up. You and... can create jobs for organizations that don't fucking matter, and like you can bring more money into policing and for, like I said, mm. the DEA and the ATF, and you know, I just. What makes me laugh so much is I've been watching a lot of South Park lately, and Trey and Matt literally make fun of everybody. But like in their early seasons, they're like they like make fun of like so many like government entities, like the FBI and like the military, like chief of uh, like like uh, the chiefs of staff, and they make fun of like the ATF, and like it, it, it's just no one is safe with those guys, and I, I love it because they do it in such a funny ass way that I'm like, oh man, I, I immediately agree with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, um. <laughs> they're watching like a meteor shower one time at like Stan's house and 
like the ATFs outside thinking that they're like a cult. And they're like, they're like, well, what are you going to do? They're like the same thing. ATF always, we're going to kill them before they kill themselves. And I'm just thinking of like David Koresh and all the branch Davidians and shit like that. Of like, they literally firebombed a whole bunch of fucking people, you know? And it makes me sad, but like those guys just aren't scared to talk shit about any single person in this world. Yeah. I mean, they could talk shit about me and I would fucking love it. South Park, and that's the point of comedy is like to be able to kind of unpackage things and poke fun. And it's just social commentary that you're not getting anywhere else. Like where are you getting social commentary like this in a cartoon sometimes? Not ever anywhere. Have you seen Book of Mormon? No, but I hear it's delightful. And it's won multiple Tonys, right? Dude, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Really? It's unbelievable. <clears throat> Once again, man. Two hours of just sustained belly laughs. Oh my God, it's so philosophical. So like, <clears throat> just laughing at religion through the lens Multiple of Multiple Tonys, right? I'm, I'm not sure, sure of its laurels, but... I'm pretty sure it's like, I bet like you a monster. I house. Oh, I'm, uh, it's, it's like monster up there for, for Broadway shows. It's... Um, it's the best musical ever. And I just saw Hamilton. How was it? It was great. It was great. It was spectacular. Why are you convincing yourself of this right now? Because Lin-Manuel Miranda, why was that dude even... He shouldn't have been cast. It's like, like he's a genius and he wrote all that and his lyrics is amazing. But as a physical performer, I am underwhelmed. And he's surrounded by all these beasts and these... Even the freaking crew, like stage, like people are just these just precise athletes, and delicious, just yeah. sensational. And then you got this <clears throat> squeaky little like, like okay singer, uh, and it was a little. Uh, I just see that's how I felt with Russell Crowe and Les Miserables. Like I you have what? Am I a jerk, dude? I feel like I'm letting a you down so a much. A tiny jerk I... right now. I'm not as pissed about you not seeing Les Mis as I am about Apocalypse you, you talking about Godfather Two like that, which oh, is fucking less off. Godfather disgusting. Two. Um, but you know, that's like Russell Crowe. Like he was like the sheriff in Les Miserables, some like uh, police officer, and like he cannot sing for shit. Mm-hmm. But like you have Hugh Jackman. Who was just absolutely incredible, sexy, Wolverine, just a crooner that can Australian. Oh God, he had the ways. He makes me want to take my pants off every time I see him. <laughs> just absolutely makes me want to take my pants off. He's and, a beast. Oh, dude, but you know, I, I understand what you're saying. I guess you know when Lin Manuel Miranda comes up with that, he's like, "Hey, I got to put myself in this. You know, I need a part in my own, in my I own totally gig." Totally get it, and like I would have done the exact same thing but, as but, a guy. But who, Tarantino yourself and give yourself five minutes. Are you doing a disservice to overall production by not casting someone better? Better, yeah. Which is a hard thing as a creator. And, but and but I he, don't but he created him, so he all. shouldn't be upset. No, he shouldn't be upset. He should be very proud. And he did an incredible thing, but I just feel like he he physically and vocally, he was just like like just shabby compared to, to yeah. the other people. You know, it was just like what am I look like what am I what is he doing here? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But that said, and I, of course, uh, it's easy for me to like sit here and critique. And shit on him, yeah. Because like the guy's <laughs> a fucking national treasure and stuff. But Fucking Nicolas um, Cage is a national treasure. Did national treasure. 
Um, but I mean, come on, the mu- the musical flourishes and the the rhyming, just spectacular and the choreography, huh? and the the design. the dude's in a monster lyricist, man. He I'll really give is you that as a writer. Like, oh my! Like, Imagine him like writing, job. like giving him time, like Batman, like write a diss track about you. You're just like you're fucking crushed, dude. I loved the um, like the give debates, him prep time. The the debates like Thomas Jefferson versus. Uh, uh, Hamilton, and it's like Jefferson kind of dunks on him, and you're like, "Oh snap!" But then Aham just comes flying back. It was it, there was true brilliance. I get the hype, but you got to admit that the star of the show is the least spectacular performer. That's okay. It's, I, I, it's not okay. It's okay with me. It's like Manuel Miranda. Like he gets a pass. Like he created a smash. Like people love him. I I I. I I hear – I still haven't watched it. I don't know why I haven't watched it. You haven't watched it? It's like two hours I've, – I've listened to the uh, to the soundtrack. Which, bro, what are you doing? I don't know, bro. I'm like having a kid. Like I'm watching other Lin-Manuel Miranda stuff. Like, Moana. Oh, God. The goat. Shout out to F. Shout out to saying Dada all the time oh, when I'm so, not with him. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad he's not in the background screaming anymore. I miss him. Little voice is so good. Da, 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 da. He's a little fucking goofball. Bless you. I'm going to uppercut the shit out of him when I see him. <laughs> um, but, you know, I get why you're upset. You are a film guy. Like, I'm a film guy. You are a film guy. Like, you are the guy who makes the stuff. Right. You're, you're the guy who gets critiqued. I'm the guy who does the critiques. Right. I'm the Roger Ebert. You are... The Ridley Scott. Whoa. Well, man, make a great sci-fi flick. Thanks, bud. Um, you know, you launch many careers. Um, <laughs> you know, you fucking have Tom Cruise, Scorny Weaver. Like. Tom Cruise launched Ridley Scott? Wait, Ridley Scott launched Tom Cruise? Ridley Scott had multiple Tom Cruise movies. I see. Um, Sigourney... Is Minority Report or is that Spielberg? <laughs> Come on. Our guy, dude. Come on. He just keeps coming back. Dude, dude just absolutely smashes him. It's insane. <sighs> he's he's insane. I I, I can I cannot Indiana tell. Jones. Honestly, I rewatched recently and I had to Crystal turn it Skull. Off. It was uh I don't know what it was, but it was Don't tell one, me it was Temple of Doom because I'm gonna punch you. It was the one where he's he's like wearing a I think a white tuxedo. And Temple of Doom. At the very Asians. beginning, and he's Asians. Like, he's like gotta like gets get poisoned, thing. something like that. And it was so no, cheesy. It's t- Temple of Doom, bro. And I love Temple of I Doom. Think it was Temple of Doom. It was so. Doctor Jones. Doctor Jones. With short guy. Short Iconic. Guy. I'm I'm into it, but but it was so cheesy on a on a modern rewatch. Yeah, Temple of Doom is my least favorite one, but it's still very good to me. Um, Last Crusade. You add Sean Connery, you can't make a bad movie. Wow. Um, as freaking God. As Indy's dad, and we're always like on a path, and then Steven Spielberg. Comes <laughs> up and, <we> just go- <laughs> and I'm sorry, man. It's just that Steven, Sp- like you can literally talk. He's about- just got it. Oh, he's dude, got it. it's insane. There's no one. No wonder he's a billionaire. I mean, you you sell that many friggin' tickets, that many movies, and then oh god, I can only imagine what the residuals are for like movies that are played all the time. Catch me if you can as like a TNT like staple. My favorite Leo movie. Oh, Frank Abagnale, just a great. God, Great thief. Child acting. I don't even understand. Leo's just got it, man. He is 
He has got it. And people give him shit now because it's like, he's such a big star that when I watch a Leo movie now, it's like, oh, I'm watching Leo. I can't like, get it. But it's like, grow up. Like, get a job. Yeah, get over your fucking self. Yeah, like, bless off. Um, you know, speaking of movies, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to my Seattle trip soon because I do want to talk about oh, yeah. just the beauty of, of the state of Washington. Um, but I, you know, it's a long way to Washington on a plane. Long mm-hmm. way. Um, on the way to D- Dallas for our layover, I was watching um, Knives Out. I've seen Knives Out. I just watched Knives Lo- Out. Loved Knives Out. Did you love it? Loved Knives Out. I liked it. Um, didn't love it because well, didn't like absolutely fall in love with it because I I already knew who the bad guy was. Like I felt like I knew. It was so obvious, right? It's super like obvious. The guy who's like the bad guy is, is the bad, and it was like what? super obvious. They were playing well off of the irony of the main character is the kind of quote uh, and spoiler man. Right? I we're, we're spoiling. fucking Guilty. love Christopher Plummer, man. Who's he, that? The old man. Oh yeah, he was great. Oh, I mean, he, he's Captain Von Tropp and Sound of Music, bro. Like he's. Yeah. Um, I watched Inside Man recently, and he's so good. And he he's the he's the bank owner. He's uh, Arthur Case. The freaking Nazi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't like them. Um, oh, Inside Man's a great one, but we're dude, that's Spike. That's Spike Lee. That ain't no Spike Lee. Spike is Lee, it? brother. I I it Spike abs- Lee did it to me. It blew me with the fuck with Denzel, with Chiwetel, with Jodie Foster. Christopher Plummer with Clive Owen. Clive, oh, how dare you put him at the end of that sentence? I'm sorry, man. It's just, it's, it's I, dude, and it's good. it's crazy because I'm watching it. It's like a Spike Lee joint, and I'm like, you motherfucker, Spike Lee. <laughs> like this ain't Clockers. Like this is Inside Man. This is crazy. That's a big time Hollywood. Like, oh, dude, that's a monster movie. Nice. Love it. But you know, so I'm on the plane, and American Airlines. We were on the nicer, nicer, newer planes. All have TVs in the headrests. Love that. Um, all have movies you can watch for free. Finally, get a little headset from the attendant. Wonderful lady. Um, plug it in. Immediately go to the brand new... Releases. Guy Ritchie movie. The Gentleman. The Gentleman with, with Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey and Charlie Hunnam. Saw it. Hugh Laurie. on it because Guy Ritchie... Sucks now. What I, did you think? I liked it. Did you? I liked it. It's a great story. Um, Hugh Grant kills it. He does. He, he's good. He kills it. Charlie Hunnam kills it. Um, Matthew McConaughey, like honestly, might have played second fiddle to me. Hmm. Um, to to Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant destroyed his role. Um, wasn't my favorite guy, Richie, of all time, but it was good, not great. I give it like a seven. We had this conversation. Uh, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm like, this is you know the start of like my journey. Without you, you're already gone. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. I need to tell Beth. Then, you if know, you do that to Aladdin, you goodbye forever. Or animated Aladdin, new Aladdin. Oh, new Aladdin blows. That's Guy Ritchie. New Aladdin blows. Bro. He did that to to Aladdin, and uh, I just it I blows, can't bro. Forgive him. Like Cage and Blows too, ice. like B L B L E A U X, like Blows. Bleaux. Um, but then I decided to give my main man another chance. Go through all movies. Turn on Snatch. 
Oh. I'm sitting there in the plane watching Snatch, and I've come across, you know, one of our favorite movies that we've stayed up till the wee hours in the morning watching, Casino Royale. And I realized that... Oh, right. The fat guy in Snatch is the big... He thinks he wins. Rick Ross-looking guy. And at the poker game in Casino Royale. And I am just... Cracking up laughing. That's amazing. Um, Because I have never put two and two together. Yeah. And I just see him sitting in there with his leather jacket. And he was hilarious. Oh, dude. Because he, he doesn't say a word in Casino Royale, really. He, no, no. He knocks out uh, Frankie Four Fingers with the car when he re- reverses because he doesn't like the spot where you can parallel park between two. He could park literally park a bus in between the two the gap, but he decides to just back all the way up and just hits Frankie Four Fingers, knocks out Benicio del Toro. I'm cracking up laughing. There's something very charming about the small world of actors that when you can see them in different things, be like, oh, sure. that's that person, that's that person. And I guess it kind of takes you out of the narrative, which is not good, but there's something like you just like seeing your guys. And but your I girls, mean, of you know? course. Uh, but. For me, it's he's such a small part of Casino Royale, mm-hmm. and he's such a small part of the overall picture of Snatch because you're jumping between multiple stories. You know what I mean? Guy Ritchie has so many cutscenes in that. See, that's raw um, Guy Ritchie. That's Ritchie at his gritty start yeah. out goal that made him great, and then he just phoned in the so last. So I'm eight thinking, movies. I'm thinking of you know this is what Snatch is like ninety seven or ninety eight something like that. Young Brad, and you're not you're talking about twenty two years later of like the evolution of the director himself not necessarily I'll, like I'll give you de-evolution I'm, I'll say you know not necessarily the greatest you know run recently but it's just, just like when you're in your prime like putting out Snatch and you have everybody firing on all cylinders it's just it was wonder. it's wonderful to watch every single time incredible <laughs> we'll talk about this for 20 seconds a hot ass bread oh just sitting bread. there up against the ropes bare knuckle boxer <sighs> just after fight club kind of bread oh dude and he is super hot yeah super hot yeah just wants a trailer for his fucking math. I fucking hate parkies. <laughs> <laughs> See, now what the parkies are talking about is whether to dig two holes or to dig one. <laughs> and Tommy's just fucking crying. Oh man, it's the best, dude. It re- it really is. I got because I think British about Tommy as scrum rocks. in Pirates of the Caribbean the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and yeah. like in my mind, he's fucking scrum. But in you know when I get into fucking England, he's <laughs> did your little bitch get a voice? <laughs> Brick top just smashing this guy over the Scary head. Scary ass dude. Oh dude, and British just general British gang British gangsters. That's just a different sort of. Oh, you ever see Legend? Le- Tom Hardy playing identical twins. Yeah, I watched it probably a couple months ago. I love that movie. I've seen the movie like five times. Tom Hardy can play whoever the fuck he wants. Do you think he's the new Bond? I want Who's it to the be, new Bond? I want it to be Idris, man. I would love Idris, but Idris is a little old kind of, right? Yeah, but like Pierce was old. Pierce was in his 40s. Pierce seemed kind of young enough. He looked, he looked like he was mature to say the very least. 
Like to ma- ima- imagine fucking how old Sean Connery was. Sean yeah. Connery was in his late thirties when I he first love started. The Connery Bonds. I haven't only even seen a couple. Dude, when when Connery made his first when Bond movies made their first debut in sixty two. Connery was like already like in his mid to upper thirties. See, that's where Bond belongs to me. Is 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 like mid to upper thirties? Yeah, but Idris, how how old is he? I'm gonna say Idris is probably like forty two or forty three, huh? Maybe forty five. If only he's hot. He is hot. I'll give you he's that. fucking hot, bro. Because yeah, Bond can't be too young. He's gotta have. He has that to be grizzled to him. Yeah. yeah. I just I want to make sure that I can fall in love with Idris Bond over the next seven to nine years because that's how long it's gonna take to make three Bond movies. Sure. Right? By the way, we're sitting on a Bond movie. That was supposed to come out in April or March. I'm ready, dude. It's in November. Oh, I'm ready. I'm so ready. I'm ready, dude. Remy, Mal- Remy Malik, right? Yeah. And oh, he's good. Oh, dude. He's good in everything. Bohemian Rhapsody? Give me a break. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 absolutely crushes Forget it. Yeah, you're a Twilight guy. Yeah, oh, he's, he's weird guy. enough looking and very talented to just have a very exciting performance oh dude he's gonna be he's gonna nail it and then Christoph Waltz is back so thank god how underutilized was he in the last Bond as fucking Blofeld it's gonna be amazing they, they like stuck him for two you got Christoph mother loving Waltz literally as the guy who is the boss of all of the villains that Bond's ever had like he's the guy who puts it all together he's yeah. the Moriarty of this world you keep using Moriarty, and I think you mean Salieri. No, Moriarty isn't like Professor James Moriarty, Sherlock Holmes's arch nemesis. Oh wow, my bad. No, you're all good. I'm just saying. Like, have you have you never seen the Robert uh, Robert Downey Jr. Um, or just yeah, any? That's, see, that's Sir, the last Guy it, Ritchie movie that was made. It, that was is it Arthur Conan awesome. Doyle who wrote Sir Sherlock Arthur Holmes? Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah, that's, you ever read The Hound of Baskervilles? No, is it good? Bro, have Maybe. you read any Sherlock Holmes's? Yes, I have. I don't remember which one. I think I've read two. Dude, The Hound of the Beevils, so solid, great. highly wrecked. Dude, I'm I'm down with Sir Art. Oh, he's a he's blessings. a dog, and you know to create a detective like that is just super fucking cool, man. English British people, like I guess they've had the language for so long that they just have this charming grasp on it. That's just. Oh, chef's kisses. Oh, dude, it's... But he is, uh... He's super tight. Uh, James Moriarty, one of my favorite villains of all time. Um, did you ever watch the Sherlock Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock? Mm-mm. BBC? Mm-mm. Martin Freeman is, uh, I do like is Watson? Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, dude, he is great as Sherlock. And then Martin Freeman is, uh... Who was Bobo Baggins on in the Hobbit trilogy? Um, I'm not a huge fan. Martin Freeman's great as Watson. Yeah. Um, but his Moriarty's great. But the reason I love Moriarty so much is because I, I'm a huge Jared Harris guy. Um, have you seen? Um, God, I mean Jared Harris is and everything. Have you seen Mad Men? Mm. No. Have I you mean, se- a little bit. Have yeah. you seen Chernobyl? Nope. Oh wow, you haven't seen that, dude. Great series, man. It's I hear good things. Great, absolutely, dude. HBO is just on another level. HBO doesn't miss. It's dude. just, it, it's insane. How do they do that? It's insane. Yeah. But um, 
Jared Harris is Moriarty, and he plays an absolute perfect little role next to RDJ. And like I said, Blofeld is James Bond's Moriarty. He doesn't know it because Blofeld is literally pulling strings, pulling strings on the guy who pulls the strings. You know what I mean? So like, you think it's fucking Lashif, you know, and it's literally Blofeld who's trying to do that, or you think it's um, what's his fucking face, uh, Anton Sugar in uh. No Country for Old Men. I can't think of the guy's name, though. Your boy. Oh, come on. Uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah, you think it's Javier Bardem as, like, the bad guy. He was such and, a good bad guy. Was that Skyfall? No. Was that Skyfall? Skyfall. Indeed. You, you, and you think it's him, but it's really Blofeld. You know, it's just... So this next movie is going to be the... The fall of... Should be the fall of, like, everything, right? Like, the end of, like, a... It's Craig's last Bond movie. It's like they're going to tie it's, it's in gonna a bunch of tight, stuff. It's going to be fucking tight, bro. Like oh, it's going to be man. it's going to be butthole tight. I bet you we can get our hands on that. If it exists, if it was supposed to be released in early 2020, that means there's a copy floating around somewhere. Dude, you know, you know what pisses that. me off is I've um speaking of like copies floating around so I'm like Tenet's like like showing right now that Christopher Nolan movie that new one it's and come out already I thought it was until September no it's it's out in like multiple countries right now and like they're in the US it's September 3rd I think yeah and they're lo- like people who have who are critics have seen it now like a like a preview somebody's like oh like if you love Christopher Nolan movies like this movie's for you but like it's too Christopher Nolan-y for me to give it a perfect 10 I'm like so you know what the guy's all about. Like, you have that same feel. Like, why wouldn't you love it? Because you've loved all of his other movies. He's had some bangers, dude. Oh, God. The guy's a fucking... He's killing it right now, too. And he loves to use Christian Bale. I don't. Christian Bale's not in Tenet, but he loves Christian Bale. And, like, I've loved the journey that they've used since The Machinist. It's great to have a director-actor tandem that continues through time for sure i mean you think about what scorsese's done with some of these guys uh, a guy named leo decaf leo guy named robbie d <laughs> um i mean just guys like that who have just uh grown together professionally age-wise i mean just box office numbers grown i mean you're talking about guys who have national treasures I mean, billions of dollars in sales over the course of their lifetime. Billions and billions and, and, and billions. Awards and laurels and milestones. I mean, dude, to watch some of that, that's so fucking cool, man. It's so fucking tight. Culture's kind of cool. Yeah, man. But um, I don't even know where I was going with all this before we started just banging on James Bond. I just... I fucking love James, and I love Casino Royale, and I loved finding that little snippet of love. Top five favorite movies, I think, Casino Royale for me. Oh yeah, you could you could you could easily snuggle it in my pop, my top ten. If I could find nine other ones to beat it, I'd be surprised. Seriously. How about that? Well, not even to beat it, just to find nine nine other ones to definitively sit there in that category. I'd be surprised. Yeah, I love that fucking movie. Dude, that we watched it what last month. Two months ago, maybe? Yeah. So, Judy Dench as M is just cold so bitch. fucking tight. So sharp. I know. We, we. I'm sorry, everybody. We literally just love to 
I love to love that movie, man. I, it's mm-hmm. just so fucking delicious no all the time. Necessary. It's spectacular. It goes down smooth, and every single time, and Mads Mikkelsen, that's like him, like stepping on the scene and just like announcing where he is. Like he just he nailed that role. He nailed uh, Star Wars Rogue One. He nailed Hannibal the series. What's King Arthur. The new King Arthur. No, the the last King Arthur before the garbage guy Richie one. He was like a badass. Yeah, I think he was. Was yeah. he? Yeah. Dude, he's he's fucking awesome and he's like he has that um sort of like Joaquin Phoenix presence about him of like this guy could be the villain all the time and I'd be okay with it. You know what I mean? Because like when Love Joaquin a good villain. When Joaquin gives you was it Commodus? Mm-hmm. And Gladiator. And when he gives you that you realize that there may never be a good guy coming out of him again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so fucking spectacular. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I just, so I'm on my journey. You know, I'm automatically thinking of you. I know that I'm not going to link up with you for another couple of weeks at the very least. I'm sorry to do that to you, and it won't happen for a while. Good, and I, and I honestly don't want it to happen to me for a while because, you know, I've gotten real used to just having a little routine when... You know, I have a little one. I know about routines. And when you fucked me all up with a, hey, man, I'm I'm putting a little extended warranty on this trip. Had to be done. Yeah, I mean, I understand. Had to be done. Yeah, you got to, your little freaking hippie commune. Your gotta little quiet, send it, baby. Quiet mountain town. fun. Yeah, Underage girls running around. Like, come on, it was a blast. Yeah, you're writing the new next great American novel. I do need to figure out my next book. So I do want to write another one. Good. Keep writing. Keep putting it out there. Talk about the spicy little love affairs you get with a beautiful... I don't think I would do another... Yeah. Unless oh, someone was philosophical like... philosophical one? I would definitely do a philosophical one. I don't know if I would do another travel log kind of one. Unless someone was like, yo, go to this country, live here, check it out, and write about it. I would totally do that. But another like self-produced travel thing? See... I don't want to like blow your peen on recorded video right now, but like I've been HBO Max, the new app, has just been adding so much content, and I have been literally shoveling Anthony <laughs> Bourdain into my fucking face. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that you could do. Like you're a cynical enough to be a dick, but like also nice enough to like talk about the nuance and the great little things that you do. You think I'm like, a cynical dick? Yeah, I mean you have some you have some <laughs> cynicism about you. That's not like a not like a bad thing, but like he like Tony's like an asshole. You know what I mean? Like if you were watching Anthony Bourdain? No. Oh dude, you'd love him. I have gotten that comparison before. You'd uh, love him, man. I'm just saying like he's so open minded and so articulate and thoughtful mm-hmm. that like even his negative and like um pessimistic comments still sound incredibly well thought out and yeah. beautiful. You know what I mean? He's just a good personality to oh, kind of good. sink your teeth into. He could, he could be like the a food show Homer. Like just tr- being your narrator through the fucking times of your life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he's just out there just... God, I could listen to him talk all day long, man. Hmm. He is... I'll check him out. Send me some, some homework. Oh, dude, he's awesome, man. He is a fucking... He's a cynic, no doubt. Like an actual cynic. But, uh... Yeah. And sad that he's gone, man. Yeah, R.I.P., my man. Um, so just kind of going through my notes because we do got to kind of 
wrap it up here. I'm meant to make the theme of this show, does life have intrinsic meaning or do we make it so? Intrinsic but, uh, field separator. That's a whole freaking thing that we'll probably have to do. Shout out to Dr. Manhattan. I'm sorry. Because that was kind of my takeaway from my most recent psilocybin excursion was kind of like we kind of program into life so much meaning kind of after the fact, I think. And I was just kind of realizing how just random and and based off of your immediate environment, your perception and your reality is going to be and whatnot. And I was kind of like getting to the point where it's like life, not every little moment like this like is like this meaningful, like perfect little thing. Like I think we... We package a lot of our stuff onto what we want life to be. Sure, um, but that's a whole that's a whole freaking thing we we can get up into later. I was gonna ask what was up with Beirut. Did, did, did anything happen? Was Dude, I have no explosion? idea what's going on with Beirut, man. Uh, I, I, know, Beirut I know that, that entire episode. that entire government is like stepping down. Right. Yeah, they're like quitting their government. They're like yeah, because like people their government. like people are like. I mean, I'd be fucking pissed. Like, just absolute negligence. On, on Was that a terrorist thing, or was that I a... think it's honestly negligence going completely wrong. Oh, my. It seems like, like a little chief thing to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, it could be. It could um, be but, you know, I will talk about this for the next couple of minutes. You know, so I am... Um, when you're talking about, like, your, your psilocybin journey in the moment, like, there were so many of, like, the, me, like, being in the moments, like, when I was on a trip with my wife... Um, you know, we went into Seattle, we took a car and we went west to the Olympic Peninsula. And as much as I love the landscape of like Louisiana and Colorado and, you know, all this stuff, like it's just Washington has like literally everything for like, you know, lakes, it has a fucking rainforest, forest, mountains that literally back up onto the fucking sea. Um, you know, so we... Put about 900 miles on the car in five days, six days. And we literally had no time to soak up the moments, but so I made every single one of them count. Hmm. Um, I'm not a huge Instagram poster or stuff like that. I'm usually like a, like a, I like to scroll, like to check out stuff, but you know, I had to put a couple of pictures on there. And there's one where I'm in Lake Crescent, which is this um, beautiful, fucking mountain surrounded lake that is in the middle of uh the olympic national park and it's like super cloudy and overcast and like dreary and i'm like standing on the shores right there and i'm telling you like the absolute sense of calm that i had Mm. was one of these moments where like it was literally Every ounce of my being, like a sense of peace. I've never felt like Ooh. that. You know what I mean? You, you. It was like an, almost like an like a pure feeling of ecstasy, like knowing that I was like, dude, it's literally like just fog coming through the mountains. Everything's gloomy and dark. It's like looking up on this range that completely surrounds the lake. There's like barely any people around me. It's fucking calm as shit. There's like zero rain, but it's like all this precipitation in the air. Clean, mountain, gorgeous. Cool. And it, dude, and it's it was almost almost like a high that you can't. Yeah, it's like transcendent. Oh, experience. dude, it was 
it's like I was having like a fucking flashback. I'm like tripping because I'm like, man, is this like where I am right now? Is like, is this like the tranquility of it? Like I felt like I was in like a almost like a sensory deprivation tank mm. that I was like so quiet and tranquil and like perfect. Dude, I have never experienced anything like that. So like wow. when Morgan and I are like doing all those things, like I told you, we went in a rainforest, which is the whole rainforest. We're only two rainforests in uh, North America. Uh, the other one's in Ecuador, I think, maybe. Ecuador, Ecuador, Ecuador South America. I think so. uh, Ecuador, South America. Ecuador, so South maybe America. it might be the only one. Of the, um, has to be another one. We'll stat check that two. and we'll, we'll get back to Yeah, to it's either one or two or one of one. But maybe it's the only, it's definitely the only one in the United States. It's a cool place. Oh, dude. Unique. So we're going, we're going around there. I'm doing all my nerd stuff, checking out all my Twilight places. You know, Port Angeles. We went through Forks. We slept in Forks one night because that's literally in the middle of the rainforest. I mean, uh, in the middle of the uh, the national park. Um, and, dude, it's just, you know, one, one minute I'm in a fucking rainforest. The next minute I'm on a mountain range that... Next hour, I'm on the I'm in the ocean, Whoa. you know, looking up against the forest, and it's just such a unique ecosystem out there that like I just never want to take for granted. You know, I, I I love the ecosystem that Louisiana has to offer. There's something tranquil about you know the fucking Roseau canes and you know all the swamplands and the freaking beauty. I mean, the sunsets you get in Louisiana are second to none. But like being able to be in that in that sort of environment, dude. God, nice the, reset, the, refresh. Oh, dude, the Pete... But, you know, once again, uh, we talked about it earlier. I was always on the go. I'd, I never just hunkered down and said, hey, this is my spot. Now, if if there was a spot that I'm going, I'm going back to Lake Crescent and doing that. Wow. Um, Morgan and I hiked to waterfalls. <laughs> Take a triple waterfall, too, which is a super cool. Soul Duck Falls. Huge, obviously, Indian... Um, there's Indian reservations all over the place. Shout out Jacob Black. Shout out Bella Swan. Shout out Edward fucking Cullen. Shout out my Twilight peeps. Um, but like, so we're, you know, one minute we're on the Quinault fucking reservation. The next minute we're on the Quillette reservation. Um, when Morgan and I went to go whale watching, we were like, oh, dude, what? That's cool. Minky whales, you humpback whales. whales. Oh, dude, you didn't see my snaps. You were probably ass deep in freaking no lush foliage for for weeks. Bro, Morgan and I went whale watching off the coast of um, the Strait of San Juan de Fuca. So, like, literally, it's Washington, about three miles of water, and it's Victoria, British Columbia, right there. And bro, being on the water and looking at Canada and mm. looking at whales at the same time while looking at mountain ranges that are all behind you. It is just insane. The Olympic <laughs> mountains are literally on the coast right there. I'm talking about like it's a mile of like Port Angeles and like then you're in the mountains after that. And then you go, here's all your water. Then there's Victoria and it's all mountains behind that. And it's just just shit that you don't fucking get around here. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I'm, I keep telling people, like, I know people love Louisiana. I know people love New Orleans. But, like, get out and explore, man. There is so much out there that the world has to offer you. Or you, the United States has to fucking offer you. And that's I why I get in the, you how to make the world a better place. 
Are dude, get, get out there, see shit, appreciate other people's cultures, immerse yourself in, in in other people, see how they live. You know what I mean? And that's you know building those sort of networking relationships, or even not relationships, just seeing how other people live, just gives you an appreciation for your own life. You know what I mean? Um, that's why you know. I, well, I appreciate that you hunker down and into your beefdom and just hang out and coach beef and activity stuff. You know, Morgan and I are on the road, just like trying to see as much shit as possible because I know in this finite amount of time I have, I want to see as much as I possibly fucking can. And you know, I'm not in the great shape like you are or some of our friends are, where you know I can go on a fifty fucking mile hike over the next couple of days and just absolutely cr- okay, or ten mile hike, or, probably good. Just being modest, um, like a ten mile hike and just go knock that out. Like that would probably fucking suck for me. You know what I mean? But like, I'm gonna do everything I can to see as much shit as possible because it's just, I mean, dude. It's just so fucking incredible out there. It's a big world out there, bud. Oh, dude, I mean, it's a, it's a, even smaller, it's just a big fucking country, man. Like, you can right. see so yeah, much shit. World, dude, yeah. You see so much shit, man. Like, when, when we put 900 miles on the car, 900 miles ain't shit compared to, you know, traveling Route 66 or something like that, which I'm going to do. Um, But, like, being out there, man, the tranquility, like, the things I saw... Like, be on the water, which I'm used to be on the water. I'm used to living next to water. You know what I mean? But, like, that kind of water is entirely differently. And I'm sitting there there in August, and it's sunny and 72. And I'm like, can't beat that with a fucking stick. You know what I mean? (laughs) Waking up, and it's 55, and people are wondering why I'm wearing a coat. And I'm like, hey, man, I just came from 97 yesterday. You know what I mean? But, yeah, man, if that's one thing we're going to take away from tonight, man, go out. See some shit. Appreciate what the earth has to offer. She's beautiful. She's giving. She does taketh away, but she get, she can give you so much too, man. Wow, wow. Well, I'm freaking ready to go exploring. Um, it is kind of like a a rude awakening to like be on this extended vacation and then kind of come back, like get back to <laughs> work and like to... doing like New Orleans summer and stuff. And I'm God beef it. About her and I'm missing my freaking. A happy place for sure. Missing but, your bros. I mean, yeah, yeah, dude, and and just like just that vibe of of that that special place that you can only go to for a, a limited amount of time. But it makes it that much more special when you get back to it, Indeed. right? Indeed, I, I had this conversation, but it's like if you just got this great thing going on the whole year, you're not going to appreciate it. But if it's only this little this little shiver of of your season that you get to go experience it, it makes it like. You can't you can't come back if you don't say goodbye. You know? Absolutely. You know you know that that's what little vacations are for. Morgan and I are doing Colorado in a couple months nice. or in a month and a half. And then in February we're talking about doing the Ozarks, which I really want to do the Redneck Riviera, which I hear is incredibly cool. Fucking bird. I wish I fucking I don't <laughs> I do know not shit about wish, fuck. I do not wish I was Marty Bird. I don't know shit about fuck. I guess if hard pressed to provide insight on how to make the world a better place. I guess just like stay positive. Absolutely. Kind of even if you're like faking it till making it, it's fake, like fake it till you make it, baby. What a good uh, impulse to lean on sure. is just relentless optimism because the alternative is is kind of a lame bummer and like we can get into you know what it all means and if naivete is coming into play with with uh, positivity but like 
it's just kind of a swaggier, better move to make. So, like, and it's just, eventually you kind of come back around. And um, I would just, yeah, I'm going to go with relentless optimism. That sounds that sounds delightful. Yeah, that'll work. God, I mean, just being happy just beats being sad so many times. Even when you're sad. Kind of a no-brainer. Even when you're sad, like, that feeling of coming out of it has is just, it's euphoric, man. And I yeah. love it. Yeah, and like, of course, it's important to experience the full range of emotions, but lighten up. Come on. Like, maybe this is the only chance you got. Like, tell that joke. Tell that girl she's cute. Yeah, like, only rainbows after rain, man. Ooh, 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 ooh. The squeaky wheel gets the oil. But that's a different thing uh, that I just heard today, but I'm pretty excited about it. Damn, I should have used that one. But whatever, <laughs> optimism, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, signing off. It's your boys. Dr. Cuddle's Beef and the notorious DAD, Christopher Ebersole and Max Fisk. We love you. If you're if you're in the future and you're listening to this, like we still love you. Have fun on your jetpack. Uh good job surviving, you know, this tough world. Absolutely proud of you for clean yeah. renewable energy. Yeah. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for greening the place up. Appreciate it. Uh, so does Gaia. See you next time episode. Love you guys.